Well, hello and welcome to the Catherine Plano podcast, where we share tips, tricks, tools, and strategies that you can implement in your life for massive improvements. Every week, we have change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of practical goodness. There's no way to guarantee if you'll be successful in any venture that you try. So I really wanted to just give it my best. And the other thing, it's like, yes, it was entertaining, an abundance mindset and an entrepreneur mindset. The other piece of it was that I genuinely just loved it. I really, really enjoyed being on YouTube. I love teaching online. I thought it was so cool to be able to teach to people who I otherwise would never get the opportunity to meet and interact with in person. Like reaching people from all over the world, I found that really powerful. I felt like it connected with a greater purpose for me. I felt like I was doing something that was good for the world. Ever wondered how a yoga enthusiast turned her passion into a thriving YouTube empire? Well, this episode is your backstage pass to Cassandra Reinhardt's phenomenal journey. From a first yoga mat to becoming a YouTube sensation, Cassandra's story isn't just inspiring. It's a roadmap for success. So discover the unique strategies that catapulted her brand to stardom and how you can apply them to your channel. There's no secret formula, but there are powerful steps you can take, says Cassandra. Whether you're starting out or seeking to level up your YouTube game, this episode is packed with insights you can't afford to miss. So tune in now and transform your approach to content creation. Well, hello, my dearest friends and family. I would like to welcome you, um, Cassandra Reinhardt, all the way from Canada. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. So the way that we love to start the show is we always love to ask our guests, how did you get to do what you are doing today? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, what I do maybe is not the most stereotypical kind of job. So I'm primarily an online yoga teacher. So even though I am based out of Ottawa, Canada, I my work is through Yoga with Cassandra, which is all about teaching yoga online, primarily through YouTube and then through my app and other mediums and books that I've published. But uh, I started in 2014, so I've been teaching online for almost a decade now, and I started very naively and very innocently. I certainly did not think I was starting anything big when I first uploaded my first YouTube video. Um, I got certified to teach yoga in 2013, so early 2013, and I was very eager to start teaching 
Unfortunately, something that many newly certified teachers will find out is that it's quite difficult to get your first studio jobs and to really get those, you know, jobs that you want to have just because you don't have experience. It's quite competitive. So I was a little bit discouraged from that. And I just had the idea, what if I upload a few videos on YouTube, not thinking too much about it, just because I had no idea, you know, social media really wasn't what it is today. Back then, it was a totally different landscape. But I thought, I'll just throw a couple of videos on there. And then when I'm applying for studio jobs, I can send them a link to my videos. It'll give me something to add to my resume. They'll get a feel for my teaching style. And maybe it'll just be something to set me apart from the other applicants who, you know, really otherwise probably had the same kind of resume that I did. So I started and realized I really enjoy being on camera and teaching in this way. I really loved how I mean, I was blown away that people were even doing my classes. You know, I started from nothing, zero subscribers. No one knew who I was. You know, I was so naive and new to the whole thing. But getting those first few comments from people who were doing my classes and seeing that they were from all over the world, I thought it was really unique, really cool. And thankfully, I caught on pretty early on that teaching online could be its own career path and that there was a lot of potential, you know, so I just dove in and expanded bit by bit over the years, you know, putting together little online programs and growing. And now here I am today and um, yeah, have built something quite, quite different than what I had imagined when I first started. What a great idea to record yourself as a way. um, It's it's almost like a digital resume, isn't it? To be able to say here. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. So how did you build? Because look, I know this, it is a, a, the online community is massive now, especially YouTube. And I know there's lots of people out there trying to build a community and you started ahead of time, 2014. So what were your steps? Like, how did you end up building your community? Because now you have over 2 million followers. So how did you, uh, what was your first step? How did you end up uh, growing and expanding to where you are today. You know, it's so funny because now when I talk about my YouTube channel, people are like, oh, you got started at just the right time. It's so good that you started early, you know, because today maybe there's a feeling that it's too late um, and that there's too much competition. But what's really funny is that even in 2014, I thought it was too late. I was already in that mindset of I've missed the boat on this online yoga thing, on this YouTube thing. And I would get that messaging a lot from people when I said that I was trying to start a YouTube channel. A lot of people said, oh, man, that's going to be hard. Like you should have started three years ago or something. And it's just funny how no matter when you start a project, it's always, it seems going to feel like you've missed the boat and like you're too late and really you never are. So anyway, just a little note, because I always think it's funny when people make that remark. Um, Of course, it's a different landscape today, but in 2014, really when I started, I, I wasn't super sure I didn't even know that it was possible to build such a large community. And I certainly didn't know or believe that this was even within the realm of possibility for me. You know, I was thinking so small back then. All I really wanted was to get a studio job. You know, that was like the big goal. That was as big as I could dream. But once I started doing a little bit more, I started to really see the opportunity and the possibilities and 
in the beginning, one of the best things that I did was to set a schedule for myself when I really decided that YouTube was something I wanted to give it my best shot. And I wanted to see what would be possible for me. I knew I had to treat it seriously, even though there was no one else holding me accountable. You know, it's not like I had a lot of people watching or commenting, you know, it was tiny. I maybe had like 20 subscribers. There was no one in the community, but I decided to treat it as if I did have a million people watching. So I really decided to take it super seriously, to take myself seriously and to be accountable. So first thing I did was to set a schedule and stick to it no matter what. So even if no one was watching, I committed to uploading a new yoga class every single week. You know, I really committed to putting out the content and believing in this philosophy that, um, what's that quote, you know, if you build it, they will come. I really tried to embrace that. And Slowly but surely, people did start to trickle in. And what was really important in the beginning when it came to community building was to truly acknowledge every single person that did watch my video, that did do my yoga classes, and that did comment. So even just something as simple as responding to every comment that I got, that went a long way. Responding to, you know, I would only get like a few comments and a few emails, but it was really important for me to acknowledge those people and to make them a part of that community. And thankfully, something that I learned very early on, which is pivotal when it comes to growing a business online and doing any kind of online marketing was to build my mailing list. So I started doing that right from the get-go. I really, I really knew that I had to be careful not to put all of my eggs in the YouTube basket because at the end of the day, I don't own or control YouTube. So I don't really have a say over where it's going to go. One day YouTube could delete my channel, you know, who you never really know. So right from the beginning, I was pretty good at creating some kind of free offer and incentive to get people on my mailing list so that should I want to create something else down the line or should something happen to my channel, I had some way of maintaining my community that I was building. But, you know, it, it was a slow process. I've been doing this for nine years. So there was definitely no overnight <laughs> boom, boom success. It was a very slow and steady acknowledging every person as they came, really being grateful for them and trying to build my list. So when you're saying uh, giveaways, uh, I'm just trying to picture what would that be? Because I understand you do uh Yin and Vin, Vin, is it Yin Vasa? Vinyasa. Vinyasa. I can't say it. Yoga. Vinyasa, yeah. So what what kind of uh, things were you gifting to your audience, if you don't mind me asking? Some things that worked really well for me. So yes, I teach Yin Yoga and Vinyasa Yoga. You could say that those are kind of like my two niches, or they were, especially in the beginning, things that I really focused in. They're what I specialize in as a teacher and what I enjoy practicing and teaching the most. So a really easy opt-in for me that I created early on that worked for years, I would just create free seven-day challenges. So I would have a free seven-day vinyasa yoga challenge and a free seven-day yin yoga challenge, for example. And every day they would get an email with a link to a video that was already on YouTube. So it was really kind of knocking two birds with one stone because not only was I getting people on my mailing list, but I was also helping to send traffic to my videos on YouTube early on. And I think when people think about offers, 
they're trying to maybe overcomplicate things too much. You know, it can be nice to create brand new pieces of content for your mailing list, but it's also really nice to just use what you already have. You know, even though those classes could be found by people searching on YouTube, what I've really learned is that people like prepackaged, made for them curriculums. So that's what I did early on and it worked really well. That's amazing because I know there's lots of people, including ourselves. So we've just come on, uh, we've just started a YouTube channel. So we've, even though we've been doing this for over seven years and we have also a, a large mailing list, um, we've just started with YouTube ourselves and it's, we know ourselves, like that's kind of like where everyone goes to. We used to, with the podcast, we used to only do audio, but now we're doing audio and video. But there's a Amazing. real mindset attached to this whole concept as well because I know so many people that started YouTube channels and then took them down because they weren't getting enough views they weren't getting enough followers so talk about the entrepreneurial mindset because I think that's that's really important too because you were saying you were showing up every single week you had a schedule regardless if you only had a couple of views you were still there so talk us through did you ever have those moments where what am I doing I'm going to give up I definitely had those thoughts, but I never entertained them long enough to actually want to quit. But of course, like those thoughts happen, you know, you're giving so much of yourself, you're trying so hard. And especially if you're getting in the bad habit of looking at how well other people are doing something I definitely don't recommend people do. It can be discouraging. But at the end of the day, it's like, there's no way to guarantee if you'll be successful in any venture that you try but I can guarantee you'll fail if you quit <laughs> and if you give up, right? So I really wanted to just give it my best. And the other thing, it's like, yes, it was entertaining an abundance mindset and an entrepreneur mindset. The other piece of it was that I genuinely just loved it. I really, really enjoyed being on YouTube. I love teaching online. I thought it was so cool to be able to teach to people who I otherwise would never get the opportunity to meet and interact with in person. Like reaching people from all over the world, I found that really powerful. I felt like it connected with a greater purpose for me. I felt like I was doing something that was good for the world in a way. You know, I love that I was able to teach yoga and that it was free and that it was easily accessible. Like it was really rewarding. So even if I wasn't getting the numbers that I wanted, I still felt like I was fueling my passion in a way. I felt like I was following a calling. So there was a there was something greater motivating me to continue. I've had a lot of people over the years, you know, they they'll see my success and they want to replicate it or they want it for themselves. And I'm always down to give people advice. I love to share about what I've built and how I've done it. I can kind of always tell the people who won't make it, you know, and usually it's when people ask me, how much money can I make and how fast? <laughs> if they ask from that, I know they don't have what it takes because it's just not enough. That is just not enough. There's no guarantee that you'll earn anything, first of all. And also, if you don't enjoy the work from day one, I guarantee even if you do reach success, you're still not going to enjoy it. So there has to be some kind of joy, you know, from this labor. It can't all just be hustling to make 
a dollar. You know what I mean? So yes, I had the right mindset for it, but I also luckily was able to choose an entrepreneurial career path that was well aligned with my personality and with, you know, my greater vision, you know, and what I really enjoy and feel good doing because, you know, the money could come and go. And I've always said, like, if I were to lose everything tomorrow, I would just start a new channel and I would start over from scratch because I genuinely love it. You know, it's fun. And and that is the thing, though. There is, I mean, a, there's a lot of YouTubers out there that talk about money, uh, how you monetize your channel and how they earn a living from their channel. Um, so how do you do that, considering you offer so much free content? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's like the entrepreneurial mindset, the ability to be resourceful at the end of the day, that's what's going to earn you. That's what's going to, you're going to be able to monetize more than anything. So yes, today for sure, I can say that I make a lot of great money from just YouTube monetization partner program, but that took a long time to get to that point. That means I had years where I was barely earning maybe $50 a month from YouTube, you know, it's a very, very slow. However, even in those first few years, I was still able to earn money teaching online yoga I just used YouTube as leverage. So if you're resourceful enough, you'll always find a way. Like in those early days, even though I wasn't getting any money from YouTube directly because I just didn't have a lot of views, didn't have a lot of subscribers, like the numbers were all really low. I still was resourceful enough to try to leverage the small audience I did have. So I would do things like offer custom made online yoga classes, you know, where people would pay a premium price to get that for me. So, or I would make like little DVDs and like, you know, written out programs. Like I did so, so, so many things to try to make it work. I think the problem is when people go on YouTube and they think specifically about earning money from YouTube directly. Of course, it's super possible. Of course, you should try to monetize your channel, but there are so many other options out there. And the beauty of YouTube is not necessarily in the way that it pays the channel and the content creators. The beauty of YouTube is that it gives you access to all of these people from all over the world. Like it's a way to grow your audience and to grow your reach, you know, and you can leverage that in a lot of different ways. Um, But yeah, it's been a learning opportunity and it's changed quite a bit for sure over the years. You talked about partnership programs. What's What exactly is, does that mean? So in order to earn money directly from YouTube, or truthfully, it's money from Google because Google owns YouTube. So in order to be eligible to earn income, you need to be part of YouTube's partner program. And in order to be a part of YouTube's partner program, you have to meet a certain kind of criteria. It's changed quite a bit over the years. I think now you need like 500 subscribers and about 4,000 hours of watched content before you're now able to be a YouTube partner, which means that YouTube or Google can now place ads on your videos. So you can choose to have ads in the beginning, at the end, or in the middle. And then whenever someone watches an ad or clicks on an ad, that is ad spend from the company and you now split those profits with YouTube, like 60% to you, 40% to YouTube. So if Toyota has a new car that they're selling and they pay, they say they're willing to pay $1 
for every person that clicks on their Toyota ad that they're going to put on my video. I'll make 60 cents from that. YouTube will make 40 cents from that. So that's just being part of the YouTube partner program. So, you know, it takes a while for that money to grow and to actually be livable, you know, to be a livable wage, just because obviously you need to have enough people watching your videos so that enough people are watching the ads and clicking on the ads and all of that kind of stuff. But now YouTube also has different features that they've added. So you can have almost like, um, like a private subscription on YouTube where people pay you a monthly fee or they can like do super chat stickers. They can donate to you directly through YouTube. So there are quite a few different venues now and ways that you can monetize your YouTube channel within YouTube itself. Excellent. And Cassandra, how do you come up with your content? Because obviously you've been doing it since 2014 and I'm, I'm guessing there's only so many postures that you can do in <laughs> yoga. So how do you come up with new content all the time? You know, that's the great thing. I feel like in the beginning, I was really racking my brains around that feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've done it all. Like, how am I going to think of something new? But the great thing about yoga, you don't actually have to think about something new. new. I mean, if you think of going to your local studio, people will continue to go to yoga classes week after week for years on end. And the teacher is not reinventing the wheel here. <laughs> you know, it's they're just reconfiguring the poses in different sequences and different themes. So I, a good lesson that I learned was that I don't have to come up with something new every single week. You know, something that my audience likes for me, they like my morning yoga classes. So in the beginning, I was almost resistance. I, I, I would have one really popular morning yoga class, for example, and people would say, oh, we want more of this. We really like your morning yoga. And I would think, well, I don't want to do more morning yoga. I've already done a video on that theme. I should try to do something else. That's a huge mistake. If you're doing something well on YouTube, keep doing more of that. Like that's really the success, the key to success to growth on YouTube. If one topic is doing well for you, keep at it, like keep going. Um, I thought I would always have to be creative and do something completely different, you know, revolutionary every week. And that's simply not possible. So it's totally fine to reuse your themes. Of course, I do like to like challenge myself creatively. Like now I'm doing a Zodiac yoga series, you know, where it's like a yoga class for each Zodiac. That's fun. That's creative. That's something I haven't done before. Um, but you really don't need to constantly re you know, reinvent yourself because at the end of the day, most people just want a full body yoga class, the same as they would want when they're going to a studio yoga class. So thankfully that's not too challenging. That's so true. And I do, I have heard people say they keep an eye on which videos are doing well and repeat those vid videos. Um, and even I've, I've heard people bring forward uh, videos from their past into their present because they've got new followers now. They've got new audience. Um, so I'm curious also, was there a time where everything just a pivotal time where everything went woof, where, your followers just expanded dramatically? Yeah, the pandemic, definitely. So uh, the beginning of the pandemic, I inadvertently, without knowing, obviously no one knew a pandemic was coming and that everyone would be at home <laughs> for a long period of time. But in um, 
I had been planning a 30-day challenge that was set to start in April of 2020. So it had already been planned, filmed, edited, scheduled. I had been promoting it. And of course, end of March, the whole world shuts down and everyone's at home. And here I was with a 30-day, 10-minute morning yoga challenge ready to go. So it was kind of like a, a good right place at the right time, even though it was like a horrible time because the world was going through this trauma <laughs> collectively. However, professionally, that was my biggest year to date because now so many people around the world were stuck at home. It was very stressful, scary times. So more and more people were turning to YouTube and searching for meditation and yoga and fitness. So I saw a huge traffic increase, especially because I had that 30-day challenge ready to go. So I had a lot of people doing my videos. I like tripled my subscribership in 18 months, you know, really, like it really um, grew quite a bit. So And now post-pandemic, I'm back to normal growth numbers. We're kind of back to what we were pre-pandemic, but certainly during those COVID years, it definitely, and not just my channel, but all fitness, yoga, and meditation channels collectively, we all saw a huge increase in our numbers. Yeah. And so you obviously think ahead of time. So you strategize like three, six months ahead of time. Is that what you do? I mean, in an ideal world, I'm that organized, but the reality is not always quite so, um, quite so disciplined and ready to go. I like to have usually two months worth of content ready to go. So I usually like to be two months ahead of whatever it is I'm doing. And most of the time, I'm really good at that. This summer, I am like, falling behind. I'm going week by week um, just because I've been working on other projects and I've just been enjoying my summer. Also, I've taken some time off. So I've fallen behind a little bit, but usually I like to be two months ready in advance because I have been in the position before where maybe I've been sick or I got injured and I was unable to produce content. And that really highlighted to me that you need to be ready. So I'm feeling a little panicked about the fact that I'm so behind on my content creation schedule, Um, but it's okay. I'll catch up. I work well under pressure, so I'll just work twice as hard to catch up, but usually two months is what I feel most comfortable. And you obviously look at other platforms, right? So you're not just using YouTube or is YouTube your main uh, platform that you work off? For social media, YouTube is the primary one. I also, Facebook has been really good to me. Something that I did early on in terms of community building was creating a Facebook group for Yoga with Cassandra students. So this is an open group for anyone who does my classes. That's been really awesome. It's a really great community building tool. Um, it's a really great way for me to also be able to advertise my new classes and the new products, like when I have a new book coming out or a new program. Um, but it's also been a really great community builder to get students to form friendships within themselves and to ask for advice and to share progress. So that has been a really, really, really great platform for us. And then I also use Instagram, probably not as much as I should, um, And that's it, really. You know, I've 
at a certain point in time, I felt like I needed to be everywhere and do everything and do the TikToks and do the Instagram reels and do the YouTube shorts and now be on threads and Twitter and all that stuff. And I just, I can't, you know, (laughs) I can't. And I found that if I just focus on like two, that's good enough. Yeah, that that's uh that's one of the things we always talk about is uh do we focus on just the ones that work for us or do we expand and everyone's got different I guess views on it. Some people will say expand your content as as far as as you can whether it's Pinterest, TikTok, Twitter uh just as another way to bring your audience into your platform or your mainstream whether it's YouTube or whatever that may be. Um from a uh uh, and I know that there will be a lot of uh, content creators out there. Um, and so we've already talked about uh, branding um, and the branding aspect just, it sounds like it evolved naturally. You, know, you didn't do, or did you spend a lot of time on branding or was it something that it just evolved naturally? I definitely didn't spend a lot of time on it. I would probably think that branding is probably one of my, weaknesses as a business in the sense that I don't pay that much attention to it as I probably should. Um, So my branding in the beginning, I made the mistake of trying to be everything for everyone. So I wanted to teach all styles of yoga. I wanted to have a yoga class for anything you could think of so that no matter what people were searching for, they would find me. You know, I was really trying to like fill in all the holes and that might sound smart because it means if people are searching for you, they'll find you. But it's a big branding mistake because at the end of the day, you're looking for quality, not quantity. I want to find students who are actually going to resonate with me, who are actually going to appreciate my teaching style. And I want to teach in a way that's authentic to me, in a way that really honors my areas of expertise. So I'm way better off focusing on just teaching what I know I'm really good at and what I actually really enjoy. And maybe I'll have a smaller audience that way, but that audience will be a lot more committed to me in a sense. They'll trust me a lot more and they'll just stick with me in the long run. So an example for that is I get a lot of requests to do prenatal yoga and postnatal yoga. And I know that if I did it, I could probably get a lot of views. I could probably make a good income from that. There's probably an opportunity to be had, but it's just not my area of expertise. I am not a prenatal yoga teacher. So it's unfortunate that I have to disappoint people by not doing that, but I know I'm doing a greater service overall by staying in my lane and focusing on what I really care about. So I focus on yin yoga and I focus on vinyasa yoga. People know what to expect from me. If it resonates, they're more likely to stick with me in the long run. And you don't disappoint people that way. You know, it's just, it's easier to be myself. It's easier to be authentic. And that's pretty much the extent of my branding. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds like authenticity is your, your I guess, the way that you've built your business. But it's how do you then stand out amongst the crowd? Because there is a lot of, now there's people doing yoga with dogs and there's a whole yeah. raft of things. 
How do you stand If you don't spend time on your brand, obviously authenticity is a big piece because people will connect with you so much more if you're authentic, but how do you stand out amongst the crowd? I mean, you really just have to be authentic. The more you can niche, especially in the beginning. So it's a little bit different when you're already established like me. So now that I have, you know, over 2 million subscribers, I already have the audience. I already have the community. I don't have to worry so much about sticking to a lane. Like I can, I can be a little bit more flexible, but if I had to start over tomorrow, for example, if yoga with Cassandra went away or I was helping someone start a brand new yoga channel, I would really encourage people to get super specific and to like niche down. Like maybe I am only a yoga teacher for athletes who play soccer or football, you know, like get really, really, really specific and do a bunch of content on that. If you can become known as the expert in that narrow field, once you start to build the trust and build up the community, then you can slowly start to expand out and really broaden your reach. But it's a lot easier to stand out from the crowd when you can really define what your place in the crowd is and why you're offering is specialized, you know, and why, and it just has to match with your expertise, but also your lived experience. You know, I come from the background of dance. So if I were to start all over again, I would probably specialize in yoga for dancers until I got well-known enough to broaden to yoga for athletes and then maybe go to yoga for everybody, you know, and to really branch out. But the the smaller you can make your audience, the bigger that audience is actually going to get. Um, it's when we try to rope everyone in and try to be everything for everyone, that's when we really get lost in the crowd. And what about collaboration? I hear a lot of people uh, collaborate with other YouTube channels that they don't come, they, they actually... Uh, enhance each other rather than compete against one another. Is that something that you do as well? I don't anymore. I definitely did when I was first starting out. Like that was a really fun, that was a good way for me to um, not only grow my audience, but honestly just network with other people who were doing the same kind of work as I was because something I found when I was just starting off, it was a little bit lonely and isolating to do this kind of job. No one really understood what I was doing or what my work was. And, you know, you end up working by yourself, you know, it's very, it was very isolating. So at first it just, I was just reaching out to other yoga YouTube channels who were sort of on my level and just trying to like strike up a friendship so that we could bounce ideas off of each other and support each other through challenging times. And that was really valuable. And we would sometimes collaborate, you know, be featured on each other's channels because it exposes you to a different audience. So in the beginning, that can be really nice. You know, why not? Especially if it's a complimentary um, vertical, you know, like, and it's not in direct competition with what you're doing. It can be really, um, really beneficial. I really liked it. Even just to have the networking and the connections, um, that was super valuable in those first few years. And the other thing too, is I've heard some people with the way that they were their strategy on building their community is they end up writing uh, articles or blogs about what they do and then send it out, send it out to some media platforms or as a way to attract people to their channel. Is that something that you have done or tried before? 
I mean, I guess in a way, like something that we've always done is that whenever I have, it's to repurpose content. So definitely repurpose content it to distribute it on as many different platforms as possible. So for example, when I put out a video, it's not just a video on YouTube. There's also going to be a blog post article outlining everything about that video. That article gets published on my blog. It also gets added to Pinterest in a bunch of different boards. It also gets shared on my Facebook page as well as in my Facebook group. Um, before, you know, back in the day, we would even have like an Instagram post specifically for it. So it's just about like using one piece of content rather than making yourself work all over again. It's like, you've already done the work to create one piece of content. How can you repurpose it to distribute it across different platforms? You know, that video, that article also becomes a newsletter that we send out, you know, once a week. So it's like, how can I give that video its best chance at being seen and that's by repurposing it and sharing it across different platforms not necessarily by just sharing the video itself but kind of like you said creating an article out of it or creating some pins from it um so yeah that that's definitely a a, a good strategy that we found and you you're saying Cassandra we so do you, you obviously have a team or cuz I know there's some YouTube um uh channels channelers that come on and start a new channel and they have to do everything themselves and edit the videos and do all their graphics and obviously that's something you had to do right from the start whereas now do you have a team that help you out I have two people who help me out so I'm still mostly like a do-it-yourself kind of girl I don't like having a big team um, I've gotten so much business advice over the years from people say you know their mentality is to scale, 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 and, you know, outsource, outsource. And I just hate that. Like my goal has always been to get as big as I possibly can by staying as small as I possibly can. I love, I mean, I guess I'm a little controlling. Like I like, I like that this is mine and I like doing it myself. Like that's, I get pride from my work. So I still film myself, edit myself, do my own marketing, but I do have two um, great people who help me. So I've had my main assistant, who's my operations manager now. She does maybe 25 to 30 hours a week or so. And it's a lot of like customer service emails. Like that was something that I really, it became too overwhelming. The, the volume is just too high. Like I literally can't do that myself. Um, she'll also be the one who drafts the newsletters and creates the blog posts from the video. So she'll help with that part of content creation. And then I have someone else who I've brought on. When Amy went on mat leave, I was like, oh my gosh, I need someone else. So my friend Laura came on and she does maybe like five hours or so a week. Again, maintaining mostly customer service with our mobile app because um, there's like memberships and subscriptions and stuff like that. So they'll help in that way doing emails. Um, so yeah, super invaluable. Like I love having them. It would be very hard to do without that extra help, but I definitely did it all myself for as long as I possibly could. And I was very selective about what tasks I did hand off. Um, cause I do like, I don't know, it's yoga with Cassandra. I want it to be Cassandra's work, like my work. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so Cassandra, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our guests to leave our audience with three shiny golden nuggets. So what would be, or they could be three practical exercises. What would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our audience today? 
do you want like advice or like practices that they should do? Whatever you like, whether it's advice or practice, um, okay. whatever feels right to you in the moment. Okay. Well, I can just speak for myself, something that I do every day or philosophy that I believe in. I have always, always, always been guided by the philosophy that a rising tide lifts all boats. That is my guiding light in terms of decision-making. I think it's important, especially when we're talking about this entrepreneurial world, to kind of dissolve this idea of competition and turn competition into collaboration. What's good for you is good for me. A rising tide lifts all boats. So I always use that as my guiding light. I am a yoga teacher, so I cannot, <laughs> you know, leave without saying to encourage people to maybe try to add just a little bit of movement to their everyday life. It can be as simple as 10 minutes of morning yoga. I really do believe that it can have the power to change your life. It's also extremely important when we're thinking about um, ourselves aging you know, and aging well, maintaining mobility, maintaining our strength. So a little bit of yoga every day can go a very long way. And the other practice that I would recommend, my little golden nugget, I always end the day with a little bit of journaling, just a few sentences, but that can be a lovely way to practice gratitude and to regain your focus after a hectic day. So I guess that's what I would say. <laughs> I love all three. And I, I've just my, I've just come back from a retreat, a seven-day retreat, and I did yoga every day. And I used to do yoga on a regular basis, but then I allowed work to get in the way. And I cannot tell you how different I felt from doing yoga every day. And it didn't have to be, I mean, we I did do an hour every day. But I guess it's 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 also for my um every time I've tried to exercise, because obviously when you hit your your mid fifties and you're in menopause, they say, you've got to do strength based. You've got to do weight. Uh -huh. Every time I did, I'd injure myself, but I realized it's the same with yoga for those that are in their, their menopausal and, uh, and mid age. It, it's, it's still strength based because you're still oh, yeah. building like it's, 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 it's quite hard. It's body weights. Yeah. Body weight strength is not to be dismissed. It can be quite hard. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. So obviously the, the, the best place for everyone to find you is on YouTube. We'll have all the links, uh, your app and everything in the show notes. Cassandra, it's been, uh, really interesting to have you on the show because I've actually learned quite a lot from, uh, oh, our good. conversation today. So thank you. And I'm sure a lot of the, uh, people starting out a business on YouTube will find this very, um, uh, informative. So thank you so much for your time, your energy and, uh, Namaste. Thank you. Oh, namaste. Thank you. It was great to chat about this. I'm kind of a bit of a nerd when it comes to <laughs> online marketing and YouTube. So glad it was helpful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please click on share show with your friends to help make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to get involved is to click on follow show or leave a review on iTunes so that we can give you a shout out on the show. 
If you have been a long-time listener of the show, you know we are big on delivering content that is valuable for you, content that will address your pain points. So if you have any questions or ideas for a podcast show, please reach out and we will create the content to meet your needs. Yes, you heard right. If you have topics, themes or special guests that you want to hear from, please send us a note to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will create a show especially for you. Wherever you are in the world, sending you love, blessings and peace. Namaste.